Looks like we're live. What up, what up, what up? Welcome to Hawks Hoops. How y'all doing this week? Uh, first off, let me get it out the way. You feel me? Well, let's do the full intro. Welcome to Hawks Hoops. Once again, appreciate you for pulling up. Hawks Hoops happens every Wednesday at 8 o'clock right here on the YouTube channel. It's your um, one-stop shop for all NBA news once a week, 8 p.m. live. As usual, you can join the show. Uh, you can be a part of the show. You can call in, share your hot takes. Uh, we're going to open up the phone lines in a moment. And I will repeat, I'll tell you what the number is for that once we do. Um, but I want to let y'all know we're doing something a little different this week. We're actually also live on TikTok um, to try to get some of them TikTok followers over here to the YouTube. Check out the live show so you can really see what the full live show is like. We got a good show for you guys this week, but I want to, I don't want to say dress the elephant in the room, but we missed last week, right? We, did, we, 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 we weren't on the show last week. Your boy had COVID, you feel me? I was... I was a little sick, and the next thing I know, it was like, oh no 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 no, you have COVID. So I was out of the count. I was out for the count on Wednesday, last Wednesday, but I'm back. You know what I mean? We fully vaxxed, and this is actually my second time having COVID. But it is what it is. I'm grateful for my health. Grateful to be alive. Nothing serious happened. The wife was okay. The rest of the family was okay. Uh, yeah. Like I said, welcome to Hawk Soup's Live. Y'all already know the deal. We're going to get right into the show. We got a couple of things that we want to discuss. Let me check, double check two things real quick to make sure my sound is right. Just in case somebody does call in this afternoon, this evening. Um, audio properties. Yeah, I didn't think. I didn't think it was right. All right, bet. There we go. Now it is. Um, monitor off, monitor and output. Close. All right. So first thing we want to talk about, right? First thing first, we got to acknowledge and show some love, give some flowers to the Splash Brother who has made his return. Clay Thompson made his debut back to his debut this season after 900 and 930, 941, some wild number, like some absolutely wild number. Clay Thompson has been out for so, so long. Um, we all know the story. He went down with the Achilles, the, excuse me, the ACL injury. And then while he was working on recovering from the ACL injury, tears his Achilles. So he's been out for basically two and a half seasons. It's absolutely crazy because the last time he played, and we'll get into the Memphis Warriors game in a second. Um, and even his debut game. Who did they play in his debut? I should know this off the top of my head, but I ain't going to hold you. I don't. Um, but he hasn't played in so long that. The last time he played, John Morant wasn't in the league. Like, it's really been a long time since we've seen Klay Thompson hoop. And it was just really nice to see him back. Now, my thoughts on, they played against the Cavaliers. That's right. My thoughts on his actual performance, I'm not really trying to nitpick. I, I, I think he played okay. I think he was forcing it at times, uh, which is completely understandable if you ask me. I think at, because, they, because of how they are bringing him back these five minute intervals five minutes at the beginning of every quarter i believe that's how it was he's going to have some rust which is completely understandable he's going to have some moments where it feels like oh excuse me he's missing shots that he probably would have made in the past once again that's completely understandable but i'm liking what i'm seeing because the warriors allowed him to just hoop like the warriors knew he was going to come out shot chucking to an extent like and I don't mean shot tucking in a bad sense. I don't want Clay Thompson and Warrior stands coming in here hating me. But he was shot tucking a little bit. They knew he was going to want to get his shots up. They knew he was going to touch the ball a lot. They knew he was going to want to try to get back in the rhythm. And I'm not mad at that. I think he'll get back in rhythm just fine. To be completely honest with you. And I think he's going to make the Warriors a whole lot scarier than they have been. And I think he's actually coming in at a perfect time. Because if you look at the, I can tell you right now. If you look at the Warriors, they ha I, won't, I don't want to say they've been in the slump lately, but I will say I don't think they've been playing to the level that a lot of us expected them to be playing at um, in the month of January and the month of December. I think we saw Steph fall into a little bit of a slump right before he broke the record. Uh, he was having some – I think he was just in a slump because he wanted to break the record. And I mean, the Warriors, don't get me wrong, they're still winning most of their games, but they're losing. They lost a couple of games here and there. They're. 
their net rating and offensive rating isn't as high high as it was earlier in the season. That's what I mean when I say I feel like they're slowing down a little bit. Maybe I say maybe coming back to a me coming coming down in terms of their high level play that they started a year out with. But at the end of the day, they are still playing really, really, really good basketball. Because right now they are. Where's my favorite stat? miscellaneous yeah that's what i was looking for they still have the number one defense and i don't think that's going to change honestly i think clay thompson can only make their defense go up like i don't see their defense being any better any worse with clay thompson i only see it getting better somehow i got rid of my google voice tab sorry guys when you when you've been out for a little bit you be you you a little rusty you take one week off and it feels like Everything you do gets a little difficult. But with that being said, we are going to open up the phone lines. Phone number is on the screen, 609-365-0382. Once again, 609-365-0382. Gives you an opportunity to call in, join the show, share your hot takes, and um, be a part of the conversation. But yeah, like I was saying. Browns are making calls. Bada, bada, bada. Like I was saying, the Warriors, their offense is rated. Their offense has, I'll say, slowed down. I don't want to say it's not as good as it used to be. I'll just use the phrase, it's slowed down. They're currently the 12th ranked in terms of offensive rating. They still have the number one ranked defense in the league. And I think to me, that's the sign that the Warriors are more so of a championship contenders than their offense. A team that plays really good defense will always be championship contenders in my book. Maybe not always championship contenders, but a team that plays lockdown, legitimate defense will always be a really, really good playoff team. And if you have the ability to put a good offense with that the good defense as well. Wait, I can call in and join the hot takes? Yes. Somebody asked me on uh, TikTok, can you call in? Yeah, if you go to the link in my bio, watch the YouTube, go to my YouTube. I'm currently live on YouTube right now. It has a number that you can call in, talk to me, and be a part of the live show on YouTube. Um, And I think the fact that their net rating... Excuse me, their offensive rating has slumped a little bit compared to what it was at the beginning of the season. At one point, they were a top five offense and the top five defense. Their offense has taken a step back. However, I think Clay Thompson being there gives them the ability to like, turn up the offense a little bit, like for lack of a better phrase. I don't have an easier way to say it. I think he'll add so much to this offense. I think he'll take some pressure off of Steph. And I think... Once Draymond is back as well, I think that'll fully unlock Dre. Unlock Clay. Thoughts on Dirk. I mean, Dirk's one of the best power forwards of all time. I don't that's my thoughts on Dirk Davisky. He's one of the best power forwards of all time. And so Clay Thompson being back and is is big for the Warriors. But you know what's also really big for the Warriors? And I don't think it's going to be a complete game changer for them, but I think it could really help them and be an X factor potentially for them. And I really see it coming in handy in the playoffs, potentially against a team like the Phoenix Suns. The fact that James Wiseman isn't back yet. I feel like we've completely forgot about James Wiseman. I'll be honest. I went on record before and said I really wasn't expecting much out of James Wiseman. I I'll still don't expect him to be a complete game changer, but I'm looking forward to having him on. We got a call coming in. Thank you for calling Hawks Hoops. This is Hawk. Who do I have the pleasure of speaking with? Oh, did they hang up? Oh, we about to call them back, man. They called and then they hung up before I could even. Nah, we call them back. Why not, right? Oh, hold on. Welcome to Hawks Hoops. I think I just missed a call. Who I, uh, Who did I miss? No, I didn't miss a call. Hello, hold on one second. I can kind of hear you, but not fully. How about now? Can you hear me? Hello? Can you hear me? Yes, I can. What's up, Walker? Give What's good, G? How you doing? Thank you for calling in. How, what's 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 good with you? Nothing much. Nothing much. Just chilling. I was uh, watching the the uh, the show the show live, and I heard people talking about the Warriors. 
you know, the uh, the team I don't like, but making very true <laughs> points, nonetheless. <laughs> now I was um, I was I was talking about that a little bit and then about uh, some other stuff about uh, Sixers related. Um, but now just a couple of comments on the Warriors, like you were saying. Um, I always forget like James Wiseman isn't even back yet, and exactly. I'm like, about to get back. Clay, you know, what I mean, Draymond. James Wiseman, and I'm looking at everybody else around the league, and I'm like, do we really have an answer for the Warriors when they're fully healthy? I don't know if there's an answer for the Warriors fully healthy. There's barely an answer for the Warriors right now. Yeah, for fully, fully healthy, healthy Warriors, Warriors team, I don't, I don't, I don't know, know if there's if an answer, answer for that. I don't think there is. I'm looking at it like, I mean, if everything goes well, I believe Clay can just mess, mess right back in. I don't think there should be a problem. James no. Wiseman, yep. I, don't, I don't know if he'll really take a step forward this year, but I mean, as long as he is, you know what I mean, what decently what he's supposed to be or just half of what he's supposed to be, I think they're fine, honestly. I don't know if anybody's going to beat them out of that shit this year. Yeah, and the thing that's so interesting to me, one, I agree, Clay Thompson, he'll be back. He'll be back to normal. I think he'll be fine. Uh, Also, I don't think he's really going to be taking any minutes away from, like, crazy people. He's going to take a couple minutes from, like, Jordan Poole. He's going to take a couple minutes from... um, Mm -hmm. Uh, Mitten, uh, Gary Payton the second. Like these aren't. I mean, they're good guys. Don't get me wrong, but it's not like oh snap, he's taking minutes from a superstar. Like it's Clay Thompson. You gonna give him yeah. his minutes? Yeah, you wouldn't even notice a change. Yeah, exactly. You wouldn't even notice a change. And then in terms of James yeah, Wiseman, I don't think they're gonna start him right away, but I think he could be huge coming yeah. off the bench. And if he turns into a potential starter, like then throw him in a starting lineup. But I think I was saying right before you call. I think he's going to be great in the playoffs, specifically against a team like the Phoenix Suns. When we get in the playoffs, by that time, yeah. he'll be, he should be warm. And they got a big body in DeAndre Ayton. James White has been matches up with DeAndre Ayton very, very well. And I'm looking forward to that matchup. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one I've been looking forward to. I think that's going to be Western Conference Finals, personally. Oh, yeah. We'll I agree. I agree. Even depending on their seeding, they may not. But I think that's going to be the best series, period, in the Western Conference. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't think there's anything really else, you know what I mean, to look out for besides those two teams. Um, yeah. What's the Sixers' thoughts you another said? Another thing. Ah, listening to Philadelphia talk shows today. <laughs> um, very frustrating Spending too much thing. time listening to um, WIP. <laughs> basically, I was listening to Woj uh, had a little segment. They asked him, was there any movement on the whole Ben Simmons thing? Mm-hmm. Basically chuckled. And it was pretty much like, no, they're they're I not accepting basically anything that's offered. Then there's a lot of rumors talking about they may try to couple in Tobias Harris, which makes yep. two huge contracts, but they're going to be willing to eat some of the cost of the contracts to move them. And I'm like, I don't understand what you plan on getting back. Like Tobias is extremely overpaid, yep. and everybody understands why you're trying to move on from him. Yeah. I mean, there is interest in Ben Simmons, but they're not interested in giving you a superstar for Ben Simmons because mm-hmm. in their mind, he's slightly overpaid too for what he's bringing. So it's like you're trying to trade, technically speaking, two overpaid contracts in hopes of a Damian Lillard or a James Harden signing trade. Like that doesn't really – I don't think see that's going to happen. So my thing is you're you're trying to reach for the stars. In the meantime, you're the best center in the league, in my opinion – his body is riding away every year after year. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like got a window here. You got to make the best of it. And if you don't, the Sixers are going to become what they were in the beginning of the Brett Brown era of where end up right back in that situation. They're yeah, they end until, up in mediocrity. Well, his body is completely gone. You end up sitting around playing around with Ben, getting trapped. You're not going to get anything back for Tobias Harris, and you're just going to end up being the old Sixers, which is I hate to see it. Because the process, you know what I mean? The process was crappy at first, but it started to look like it was, you know, so it's like. It's crazy to think that this, how close the Sixers felt back in 2018 versus where we are now when we had Jimmy Mm -hmm. Butler and JJ Redick and Kawhi hit that wild shot. And ever since then, I feel like it's been downhill. That's the closest we've ever been to a real championship team to me. And we ain't been close since. No, because I think we made we made the stupid decision of getting rid of Jimmy Butler and then, you know, giving Tobias Harris a lot of money. I would, b- despite attitude or, you know I mean, problems in the locker room, Jimmy Butler, he was your biggest piece in that playoffs. Yep. I just don't understand why you got rid of the man who literally 
dragged you through the playoffs, and he hit all the game time shots, the closers, all when you needed a bucket, and you know, I mean, in low minutes, he was there. He, was there. he gave you the buckets. I, I just don't. It doesn't make sense on why you didn't sign him, even if he wanted five years. It's okay to have three good years out of somebody, and then two years that aren't so great. Hey, you know what's a perfect example of that? The um, Phoenix Suns. They signed and gave Chris Paul all that money because they knew they were going to get a couple good seasons out of him. The last two might be a little shaky, but we see an opportunity right now to try to win. Let's give this man his money now. Exactly. Give it to him. Get the first three good years out of him, the first two good years, and then the other two, it is what it is. You want to move on from him? You know what I mean? If you just want to say, hey, can you just mentor our younger guy? You know what I mean? That's how it works. And to me, it's just with the Sixers right now, you know, Daryl Morey, I don't know if he's if his interest is really the best for the Sixers or if he's just like, hey, I want to be a GM of the year and I want to pull mm. up a blockbuster trade. I'm just like, is what you're doing going to benefit the Sixers? Because right now you have Joel Embiid playing MVP level, but you're not going out and help he needs right now. Because you, you, Joel Embiid doesn't have five more years at this level. He doesn't. I think he has at top if you ain't doing that in the next three years, you're wasting the time. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. It, it just doesn't make sense. I would you know? agree with that. They definitely got to figure yeah. something out. And packaging Tobias Harris with Ben Simmons, I agree with you. I don't think it's wise. I don't think it's possible yeah. to be really well, honest with you. eighty million dollars for two players, whatever they're making together. Yeah, we'll probably I don't know forty, fifty million dollars together in a year. It just then doesn't together. Make sense. Yeah, it's probably about fifty, forty million a year. Yep. Yeah, it just it doesn't make any sense. But yeah, that, that's all the two points I wanted to call in. You know, I'm here to talk to you about. Appreciate you for calling in, bro. All right, all right. So I mean, he brought up some really good points. He brought up some really really good points. One closing up the Warriors stuff, and then we'll t- I'm gonna talk about the Sixers because I got a couple more things to say about that. Warriors are gonna be scary. James Wiseman's coming back. Clay's coming back. Well, Clay's back. Wiseman has to come back. When Draymond plays with this team as well, it's going to be scary. Keep your eye on the Warriors. Continuing on to that Sixers conversation, I also heard that same news that basically Woj said, if you couldn't hear what G was saying, Woj said that the Sixers aren't aren't making any progress. There have been no new news. There's no new news. There's been no new progress. The Sixers are kind of just stuck in terms of moving Ben Simmons. And now you find out that the Sixers might want to add ben, add Tobias Harris to this deal. It makes no sense to me. And a lot of people will say, oh, yeah, well, they can do a three-team trade. They can do a three-team trade. I've seen that a lot on Twitter. You know how hard it is to pull off a three-team trade? If it was easy to pull off a three-team trade, you, we would see more of them. Three-team trades don't happen every trade season. You don't even see them every year, every offseason. And especially not necessarily with huge names. It's not impossible. I'm not saying it's impossible. Very, very difficult. Uh, moving on from the Sixers and Warriors, I want to talk about, and I don't know if I, I didn't share them on YouTube. I made a TikTok about it. I made a YouTube short, but I wanted to quickly go over my all-star starters. Um, I thought about doing the reserves. Maybe we'll do the reserves next week as we get closer to the game. Uh, but I wanted to talk about my starters and share them with y'all. Let me pull that up real quick. Let me see if y'all can see that. Bow. Oh, wrong screen. Look at that. Look at technology. Isn't technology beautiful? All right. A lot of y'all already might know my starters, especially if you follow me on my other apps or you watch. What did I just do? My other content. What the heck? All right. So here are my starters. Out West. We're going to look at Western Conference first because Eastern Conference, y'all was on my neck. Western Conference, Steph Curry, John Morant, right? Obviously, Steph is Steph. We just spent the last 10 minutes of the opening 10 minutes of the show talking about Steph Curry and the Warriors. John Morant, now some of y'all wanted Devin Booker. And I get it. I get it. Devin Booker is playing all-star caliber basketball. Devin Booker, arguably, is playing all-star starter caliber basketball but it's just something about John Morant and what this Memphis Grizzlies team is doing with the storyline for me I need John Morant to be a starter I know he's going to make the all-star team that's that's neither that's no ifs ands or buts on whether or not John Morant is going to make the all-star team at this point we all know he's making an all-star team but personally it feels like he's really having a breakout year it's his third year um 
he's having that third year leap that some great players have. And I want him to be a starter. I think he deserves to be a starter. I think he's 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 all star basketball type of play, if that makes sense. Like he's a highlight reel. We tune in to jo- every night that John Morant's playing, every night that the Grizzlies are playing. You wake up the next morning and for some reason he's on House of Highlights. He's on Bleacher Report. He's on ESPN Top Ten. Like he's highlight real basketball. Whether it be that crazy two handed block, whether that be which was wild. I don't know if y'all saw that contest where he contested that jumper um, in that Lakers game. I don't remember who shot it. He made it, but how high John Morant was on that contest was absolutely wild. So he's highlight-level basketball. I want him as a starter. Nikola Jokic, arguably one of the best centers in the league. We're actually going to talk about in a second on who is the best center in the league, in my opinion. One of the best centers in the league, doing amazing things for the Nuggets. He's got to be a starter. LeBron James, do I need to say more? LeBron James. Want to be a starter. And then Paul George, he's injured now. A lot of people were saying he's injured now. Why is he in here? He's injured now. Yeah, Paul George is injured now. But from at least what I can tell so far, he should be back by All-Star game. Low key, we should be potentially hearing him coming back towards the end of this month. Early, early February, late January. From what I've everything I've read and from what I've researched, his surgery should only take like a month of recovery. He had it mid-December. So sometime mid to late January, personally, I'm looking for him to come back. Now, out east, right, I didn't realize Trey Young had this many fans, bro. Like, I mean, obviously, Trey Young had this many fans, but people was on my neck. I have DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine starting in my backcourt, right? Now, why the NBA voting is allowing DeMar DeRozan to be categorized as a guard when he plays a lot of power forward and small forward minutes, I believe he should be in the front court. But if they go ha- have him as a guard spot, I'm going to put him as a guard spot. So I think they've been balling out. DeMar DeRozan has been arguably the clutchest player of the season, right? Now, if you look at his stats, the last time I checked, I mean, this was probably two weeks ago, last time I looked at it, he had the most points in the clutch. And if you're not sure what the clutch is, that is um, points. That is NBA considers the clutch in terms of when you're looking at clutch stats. The last five minutes of a game and overtime, if the score is under, if it's a five-point game. A five-point game with less than five minutes in the fourth quarter and overtime, that's considered clutch time. And DeMar DeRozan had the most points in the clutch and either, and I want to say a top three field goal percentage of the clutch. Like I said, this was a couple weeks ago and I looked at the stat, um, but he's been hooping. And Zach has also been hooping. If you ask me, DeMar DeRozan's been playing a little bit better than then Zach Levine, but they're right there. It's literally 1A and 1B for this team. Their stats are almost identical. They play well off of each other. I had to have them both. Trey Young, he's going to make the team, right? But he can come off the bench. Uh, I have Kevin Durant in there as well. He's arguably the best player in basketball right now. It's him, Kevin Durant, Jokic. LeBron, like those are the guys that are considered some of the best in basketball right now. And Kevin Durant is right up there with them. Uh, the Nets aren't good without Kevin Durant this season. James Harden started off very, very slow. Kyrie's just now starting to come back. Harden's been playing a little bit better, depending on who you ask, over the last couple of weeks. I'm still not a believer. I'll keep it a beam. I'm really not. I'm still sticking with my... Whenever I see Harden had a great game, if I missed it, because I don't watch a lot of Nets games. I ain't going to hold you. I don't like watching Nets basketball. Kevin Durant's one of my favorite players, and I don't like watching Nets basketball because a lot of it, it's not pretty basketball to watch. It's a lot of isolations. It's a lot of Kevin Durant go give us a go get us a bucket. What's up, Hawk? What we talking about? What's good, bro? Uh, right now, we go to my all-star starters. We just finished talking about the Warriors and a little bit of the Sixers talk. Right now, we're talking about some all-star starters. Call in. I'm curious what your starters are, if your list is different than mine. Uh, we got to have Giannis in there, of course. I feel like Giannis is low-key falling under people's radar. Like, the Bucks have been riddled with injury. They lost Brooke Lopez at the beginning of the season. I want to say Drew Holiday's out right now still. Uh, they spent some time without Chris Middleton, and the constant for that team has been Giannis all season. He has been just the locomotive that's keeping that train going. Like, he's doing a lot for that team. He's, he's doing Giannis stuff. But it's really fun to watch. You got to have him as a starter. It's a no-brainer. And at five is Embiid. Joel Embiid. One of the best centers in basketball. That's all I'm going to say about that. We're going to talk about who the best center is in a second. Um, 
Blueberry, I'm curious if your list is any different than mine for your starters, or if you have a very similar list. I'm very, very curious if your list is similar or different. Because I had a lot of people telling me they had similar lists, but most people were saying either get rid of DeRozan or Levine for Trey and get rid of Ja for um, either, as I see seeing, get rid of Ja for Devin Booker. And you know the Luka fans gonna go crazy, so I was seeing get rid of Jaw for Luka. Out west, Curry, Jaw, LeBron, Cat, and Jokic. I did see some love for Cat, especially since Paul George went out. Um, Paul George honestly was probably my toughest decision because for a while I did have Cat in there, but I was just thinking about what Paul George has been doing for the Clippers when he was playing. He had that Clippers playing team playing a whole lot better than I thought they were going to be, so I had to show him some love. But Colin Towns, I can't be mad at that choice as well. All right. Moving on real quick. Let me pull up my next topic. So next on the list, since we got just done talking about All-Stars, I wanted to show some love to John Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies. Because now this is as of December 10th. I had looked. No, this is as of the 12th, which is today. So since December 1st, so about a month and a half, did he type in the East? There we go. Let me see. Which, before I go to the Grizzlies, let's see what Blueberry has for his Eastern Conference starters. Trey DeRozan, Levine Durant, Giannis. Got you. I think that might be the first time I've seen that list where somebody put still included DeRozan and Levine and took out Joel and B. I'm not mad at that list. As a Sixers fan, I ain't going to hold you. I'm a little hurt not seeing Joel as a starter, but I can't be mad at that list. I can't be mad at the list at all. Thanks for sharing. So since December 1st, the Memphis Grizzlies, I feel like the Memphis Grizzlies are the hottest, te- the hottest team in basketball right now. If you're a basketball fan and you haven't watched a Memphis Grizzlies game in the last month, you ain't a real NBA fan because the Grizzlies are must-see TV right now. And it's not all just John Morant. John Morant is hooping. Don't get me wrong. But this is legit team basketball. Desmond Bain's been playing great. Darren Jackson Jr. has been playing great. Steven Adams is uh, out right now, but early in the season, he was playing very well as well. Slow-mo, Kyle Anderson looking good. This is good team basketball. And if you asked me in August what I thought the most surprising team would be, I wouldn't have said the Memphis Grizzlies. I promise you I wouldn't have said the Memphis Grizzlies. Back in August, I was still hoping that and holding on to um, Zion coming back. I got about three videos up saying how everybody need to calm down about Zion's weight, that once he gets working with these NBA guys, he's going to be straight. I just knew the Pelicans were going to be the biggest surprise of the season. But it turns out it's the Memphis Grizzlies. It's John Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies. So since December 1st, they have the number one record sitting at 18-4. and They have the number one net rating at a plus 12, which is wild. The number one defensive rating at 102. Well, number one in rebounding percentage, number one in offense rebound percentage. Shout out to um, Stephen Adams. He's he's off. He if you if you don't know, Stephen Adams is, is one of the best offensive rebounders in the league right now this season. Historically, I don't know if he's been like that. He definitely has been a silent offensive rebounder throughout his career, but this season he's he's rebounding how people used to say Ennis Cantor got offensive rebounds. Remember them? Remember when Ennis Cantor was a great rebounder? That's how Stephen Adams was playing this year. Blueberry says, Grizzlies, my favorite West team. Jaron Jackson Jr. is amazing. I think we'll be an all-star reserve in a few years. Hey, I agree. Jaron Jackson Jr. could be an all-star reserve next year. And I don't even think it's got to be a few years. I think he could take a leap next year, especially if this team keeps growing like this. They could have some more wins in a win column and potentially be a team that's deserving of two all-star spots. And um, I definitely see all-star potential in his future. The number one in fast break points. The number one in points in the paint. Their number one is second chance points. Once again, shout out to my boy, Steven Adams. Can you tell him Steven Adams fan? Shout out to the Thunder. Um, number one in opponent, second chance field goals, and number one in points off of turnovers. So they're number one in a lot. They're number one in a lot. And when you got to ask yourself, you don't have to ask yourself, but I'm asking myself, looking at the NBA standings, Right. The Memphis Grizzlies, I want to say are fourth. I'm pulling it up right now. But off the top of my head, I want to say they're still fourth. I can spell standings. Memphis Grizzlies. Are. 
Yeah, still fourth. At 29-14, they have a solid lead over fifth place, the Dallas Mavericks, who are 22-18. and 18, And they're right behind the Jazz at 28-13, right? So my question is this. A lot of people keep saying, you know, we've been saying for a while, the Jazz are contenders, the Jazz are contenders, the Jazz are a real team. If the Memphis Grizzlies are solidly in fourth seed right now, I'm not saying they're necessarily contenders. I think they're still a little bit too young, although this team plays with a lot of poise. Blueberry, you, you get into where I'm going in a second. Where do you see this Memphis Grizzlies team going? Because their past just, when you're making your predictions, you just they're past first round already off the rip. They, they, they got to be, right? The fourth seed Memphis Grizzlies, the fourth seed Memphis Grizzlies, they got to be past first round. So now we're looking at second round. And when we're looking at second round, we're looking at, okay, so who would they be matched up against? As of right now, they'd be matched up against the Warriors in the second round. No, I'm sorry. They'd be matched. They'd be potentially matched up against the Suns. With the Suns being a one seed, the Grizzlies being a four seed. In the second round, of both of them win their first round, they would play against each other in the second round, and the Warriors would play the Jazz. Suns, Grizzlies, in a seven game series, I'm not saying the Grizzlies are a shoe in to win. But I'm not saying it's a guarantee win for the Suns. I think Blueberry said it in the chat. I'm predicting the Grizzlies, Warriors, Western Conference Finals. The Grizzlies, the Grizzlies legitimately have a chance to make the Western Conference Finals, in my opinion. Now, I don't know if they're going to, I don't think they're going to make the finals. I don't know if they're going to beat the Warriors in seven in that Western Conference Finals. But they have a legitimate path. It's not going to be an easy path. They're not going to walk there. Some legit competition in the way, but if the NBA and the Western Conference standings continue on this trend, they have a path to make the Western Conference Finals. Now, I think it'd be very unfortunate for them if the Warriors get to that one seed and they stay at that four seed. I don't think they want to see the Warriors in the second round because by then, Clay Thompson will probably be his full self. We already talked about James Wiseman coming back. Though the Warriors will be a scary beast. I ain't gonna hold you. So I don't think they I don't think they want to see them in the second round. But if they see them in the Western Conference Finals, I think it could be at least interesting. And I don't think it's too crazy to say the Memphis Grizzlies have a legitimate chance. A legitimate chance of making the Western Conference Finals. It's there. We see it. It's there. Because if the if the NBA were to end the day, they'd be playing the Clippers in the first round, who are the eighth seed. The play-in is the Timberwolves and the Trailblazers. I ain't going to hold you. I don't trust neither of those teams. The Timberwolves could make it in there over the Clippers only because Paul George is injured right now. But if Paul George is healthy, I'm having the Clippers in there. And the Grizzlies can beat. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm completely wrong. The Grizzlies will play the Mavericks in the first round. That actually would be interesting. Jerry Jackson Jr. guarding um, Christos Porzingis. Seeing what Luke can do, throwing Desmond Bain on him. You could probably even throw some. You'll probably see Jerry Jackson Jr. guard him a little bit, John Morant guard him. I would still have the Memphis Grizzlies over the Dallas Mavericks. I don't believe in the Dallas Mavericks. They're the fifth seed right now, but I ain't gonna hold you. I don't believe in them. You think the Grizzlies will beat the Suns win streak from beginning of the year? They are on a 10 win game win streak. Yeah, where did the Suns streak end on last year, this earlier this season? It was at 12, I wanna say. Suns win streak. I don't remember how far they got this season. Oh, they were on an 18 game. I'm going to tell you right now. No. Blueberry, I hate to win a bit. I want to break it to you. The Grizzlies are not getting an 18 game win streak. And that's mainly because if we look at their schedule and who they play upcoming, and I'll even show it to you so you can see it. I'll pull it up on the screen. If you look at their upcoming schedule, uh, look at that. So coming up, they have the temp. So they're at ten. The Suns were at eighteen. So that to beat them, they means they need to win nine more games in a row, right? Timberwolves, that's a dub. The Mavericks should be a dub. I just said I don't believe the Mavericks. The Bulls is going to be tricky. The Bucks is going to be tricky, and the Nuggets are going to be tricky. I don't think they're winning all three of these games in a row. That's going to be a very very tough week. None of these are back to backs. Granted. 
They have some they have rest day in between each of these games. They're going to be some tough games to win. And I don't know if I see them see them uh I I it's not even a, I don't know. I don't see them beating the Bulls, the Grizzlies and the Nuggets all in the same week. Now, if they prove me wrong, if they somehow prove me wrong, watch out, bro. Just watch out. Like it's it's just Watch out, because it's really about to be wraps for the league. If they somehow pull off the Bulls, the Bucks, and the Nuggets, they sweep them that week. If they get all of these wins, then they go on to play the Mavericks, the Spurs, the Jazz. The Jazz is going to be a tough one. The Sixers are going to be a tough one. I don't see them beating their record. I'll be honest. I don't see them beating their record because I don't see them coming out of this little week right here without any losses. However, like I just said, the Grizzlies can make the Western Conference Finals. And I think that's a hot take. The Grizzlies can make the finals, the Western Conference Finals. All right, continuing on down the, um, well, we've been live for 35 minutes. All right, we still got some time. We still got some time. A couple more topics, a couple more topics. So I don't even know how to explain this, right? So let me, let's walk through the Kyrie Irving situation because we find out some news today that the fact that Kyrie low-key there's potential that Kyrie might be playing in some home games very, very soon. So to walk y'all down, down this timeline, I feel like we all know it by now, but for those of you who don't, Kyrie's unvaccinated. The city of New York, not the NBA, not the Nets, city of New York, the city of New York put in a mandate, if you're not vaccinated, you can't come into public spaces. The Nets facilities, the Nets um, arena is considered a public space, so he's not allowed to play in home games. Beginning of the season, Nets management says, if you can't play in any games, we don't want you playing at all. Like, like if you can't play in all the games, we don't want you playing in any of the games. The Nets season, the season starts. The Nets offense is extremely sluggish, extremely sluggish. They realize they need something. Oh, we probably need 26 points a game on 50, 40, 90 shooting. Kyrie, you can play in away games. It's working out to some extent. It's only been a couple of games. I'm actually going to watch them tonight. They play the Bulls at 10 o'clock. Let's believe I'll be watching that game. Um, but I'm sorry. I got distracted. Seeing the wife walk past, she definitely distracted me. <laughs> but now we come to find out that it might be a loophole for Kyrie Irving to play in regular season games. Let me pull it up. Let me pull it up. Okay. So what is what? what basically what it is is... An article was posted by uh, New, York, New York Daily News, NY Daily News. It's a publication out of New York. I don't really, I'm not a New Yorker, you feel me? And he can, if the NBA and Nets, if the NBA and the Nets really want to, they can basically allow Kyrie to play without being vaccinated. Let me turn off ad block so I can show you all this. Able ads, lada, yada, yada. What now? Let's do this a little quicker, please. There we go. Essentially, it's a a fine system put in place that allows penalties for non-compliance, which is clearly outlined in Bill de Blasio's executive order that the first offense is just a warning. Well, the first time you have an offense of having of not complying with this uh, vaccine mandate, it's a warning. The second offense is a thousand dollar fine. Third offense, two thousand dollar fine, and fourth offenses thereon is a five thousand dollar fine. Five thousand dollars is chump change <laughs> to Kyrie Irving and the Brooklyn Nets. Five thousand dollars is pennies. It's literal pennies for this billion dollar corporation that is the Brooklyn Nets like do how is this so this told me it was a couple things that I'm gonna that crossed my mind when I first heard about this loophole is what I'm gonna call it it's not a loophole because it's built in and it's been there since the beginning but it's now becoming I'd say public knowledge it's probably already been public knowledge but all it takes is one publication to actually talk about it throw Kyrie's name on it and now we're realizing it's a loophole so one, the Brooklyn Nets really wanted Kyrie Irving to be vaccinated. Like it was definitely a, I don't want to use the word agenda because I also want Kyrie to be vaccinated. Vaccinated, I think everybody should be personally. 
Um, but the Brooklyn Nets obviously wanted Kyrie to be vaccinated because you can't tell me that this organization didn't read the full executive order and realize that this loophole was in it. You just can't tell me that. I refuse to believe it. So then when they tell him he can come back for away games and now we have this. Now, there haven't been any official word from the Brooklyn Nets or from Kyrie Irving or from the NBA saying they're going to use this loophole and, and, and go about paying this fine. However, I wouldn't be surprised if they do because there's been there are players in the league who aren't vaccinated and they play. But it's because their cities don't have the same type of rule that New York City does. And it's probably, I didn't do the math, but, right, we're halfway through the season. It's about to be All-Star break. We're almost halfway through the season. There's probably 20 home games left. Actually, there's probably less than 20 home games left, to be completely honest with you. So, 20 times 5,000. What's that? What is that? Because 2 times 5 is 10. Is that a 10K? 100K? Is that 100K? Yeah, 100K. The Brooklyn Nets are taking that fine, bro. The book, the Brooklyn Nets are paying that fine. So all the speculation that I personally had about why are they doing this, what are the Brooklyn Nets going to do in the playoff series when Game 7 is at home, Kyrie's going to play. That's what they're going to do. So in terms of basketball, I'm actually really excited to see him play. Um, I'm a Kyrie fan. I'm an Uncle Drew fan. I'm a Kyrie fan. I think he's a little crazy. I don't really listen to a lot of stuff he says off the court, but him as a player, I'm a fan. So I'm not mad at it. Blueberry says, answer this later. The Hawks have said they've been interested in Simmons. What's your take on Simmons to Atlanta? So I actually saw this. And what I saw in terms of making the contracts work, it was Simmons to Atlanta for Cam Reddish um, and John Collins. It was Cam Reddish, John Collins, and Danilo Gallinari. I think those three made the trade work, right? Now, the interesting thing, and I forgot to say this earlier, so actually, thank you for bringing this up, Blueberry. When we were talking about Sixers, I forgot to bring this up earlier. The Sixers are in a very interesting position, in a very unique position when it comes to a potential Ben Simmons trade. Usually when a team trades away a player, they're trying to figure out how they can at least, at the very least, replicate what that player was doing for them or at least do better than what that player was doing for them. But at the bare minimum, you're always looking to at least replicate what that player brought to the table. Now, in the terms of the 76ers, Ben Simmons has brought nothing to the table all season because he hasn't played. So while on paper, I think if Joel, I'll put it this way. If Joel Embiid was two years younger, I'm saying do that trade because I don't think as of right now, I don't think Cam Reddish is ready to, uh, play championship caliber basketball and really contribute to a team that's trying to win a championship. Same thing with John Collins. I don't think he's ready to contribute to a team that's ready to win a championship. But I think in two years, they really could be. But as my boy G, who called in earlier, said, the Sixers don't have two, three years more to waste of Joel Embiid's prime. The Sixers are in win-now mode now. One, because Joel Embiid legit is in his prime. And two, because we all know Joel Embiid's a little injury-prone. So we want to maximize every season we have with him to be the best possible. Now, and that trade to uh, for Ben Simmons to Atlanta, I don't believe that included Tobias Harris. And now it has been reported that the Sixers are trying to include Tobias Harris, as we discussed earlier. I don't know how that part, the Tobias part of that works. But Simmons to Atlanta from a Philly fan perspective, I don't love it. To be honest, uh, I don't like what we would get back from them. Like I said before, I just don't think they're bad. I don't think they're bad pieces. And if Joel Embiid was two years younger, I'd say do it. And we can continue to go for another two years. But we need something now. And I don't think that would work. If I'm Atlanta, I'll pull the trigger on that. I ain't going to hold you. I think Ben Simmons would thrive, flourish, thrive, like be great with a dynamic, really, really good superstar level point guard like Trey Young. Um, that's why we keep we kept seeing the rumors of Ben Simmons for CJ McCollum because everyone wants to, everyone wants to see Ben Simmons play with Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard said he would like to play with uh, Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is a All NBA caliber player. He's All Defensive caliber player. He's a Defensive Player of the Year candidate. He is a good player. 
He's a great player. I take that back. He left a terrible memory in everybody's mind. The only thing people remember of Ben Simmons right now was his time playing against the Atlanta Hawks in that second round. But that Ben Simmons isn't the full player that Ben Simmons is. It's all, that's, what, that, that's my Ben Simmons take. Atlanta would be a great fit for him. Absolute great, great, great fit for him. They'd still have Kevin Herter to be able to shoot the ball. They'd still have um, Clint Capella, I want to say he's on the Hawks. He's been having a down season. I don't lost track of where he is. I ain't going to hold you. They'd still have good pieces. The Hawks need defense. Ben Simmons would bring a lot of great defense. Ben Simmons would be able to play the Draymond Green role, how Draymond plays alongside um, Steph Curry. Like, I think that's the potential for Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons' potential, he has the playbook. Ben Simmons could be a better version of Draymond Green. And I'm not trying to gas it. I'm not trying to gas it. I'm not trying to over-exaggerate it. His playmaking could be better than Draymond's. His defense has the potential to be better than Draymond's because he's a bigger body, so he can uh, play bigs better than Draymond. His feet work, is, his uh, foot speed is there, so he can guard guards better he can't shoot as good as Draymond. I mean, not, Draymond's not a great shooter now, but, I mean, he's a better shooter than Ben Simmons, especially that 2016 Draymond. And, yeah, people have forgotten how, pre-Atlanta Simmons. Pre-Atlanta Simmons was nice, y'all. Like, I just don't think he fits on the Sixers with Joel Embiid. I think Ben Simmons is a superstar, just not on the Sixers with Joel Embiid. I wish him the best. I wish it wasn't going like it is. If I wasn't a Sixers fan, I really would be – wishing he played like I'd be begging for a trade if I was a just a Ben Simmons fan and I wasn't a Sixers fan like he was just a player I liked and I lived in the Midwest somewhere like I just like Ben Simmons I'd be begging for him to get traded because soon as he comes to a team a team like Atlanta I'd like to see Ben Simmons on Dallas there are a lot of teams I'd like to see Ben Simmons on I'd like to see Ben Simmons play with LaMelo Ball in, in, in Charlotte. Like, there are, if there's a dynamic point guard, throw Ben Simmons on that team. Give me Ben Simmons and Shea Gillis Alexander. Give me Ben Simmons and Trey Young. Give me Ben Simmons and LaMelo Ball. Give me Ben Simmons and Luka. Give me Ben Simmons and John Morant. You put Ben Simmons with dynamic point guards, and I think he can unlock a new part of his game. The Sixers wanted him to be the point guard. He wanted to be the point guard. The Sixers wanted to put the ball in his hands. Brett Brown wanted to put the ball in his hands. That's what they did. It didn't work. But if you give him a dynamic point guard who the ball is in their hands, and Ben Simmons can cut off of that. Ben Simmons can run a second unit. Ben Simmons can beat Draymond Green. I think it would work. I really do. But that's just that's just not where it's at right now. <laughs> I, I got no other way to say it besides that's just that's not how it worked out for Philly. And it's unfortunate. Ben Simmons is tanking tanked his trade value, so it's really hard to trade for him because the last thing we saw of him was him not taking that layup, really, which should have been a standing dunk with nobody guarding him but Trey Young and passing the ball to Matisse, who I want to say missed both those free throws. I can't remember. He missed at least one of them. <sighs> but off the Ben Simmons soapbox. Love to see Kyrie back. And what time is it? It's 8.50. Wow. Um, the last thing I want to talk about real quick is <laughs> tanked is an understatement. Yes, he tanked his trade stock, G. The last thing I want to talk about real quick is I want to give some love to someone who I think the record doesn't necessarily show it right now. But I think this person should be in consideration for coach of the year. And that is Eric Spostra, the coach of the Miami Heat. They need to be. They, he deserves to be in contention for Coach of the Year. The Miami Heat are currently 25 and 15, the third in the East. They're above the Bucks. They're above the Sixers. They're right behind the Nets and the Bulls. They actually are only one loss behind the Nets. Like they're they're legit. And as of January 10th, I can't remember if they play. Have they played since the 10th? It's the 12th now. Yeah, they're playing right now against the Hawks. They're up five against the Hawks. But as of January 10th, their last 15 games, they're 11 and 14, 
third in the league. Y'all heard me read something off like this uh, last week on TikTok. The third in the league in terms of record. Offensive rating is second in the league. Defensive rating is eighth in the league. Net rating is fifth. They have wins over Milwaukee, Charlotte, Phoenix, and Philly in these last 15 games. And they're missing so many people. Bam and Biles missed all 15 games. Bam and Biles been out for a grip, y'all. Jimmy Butler's missed 10 games. Dwayne, Bed- Dwayne-, Dwayne Dedman, Caleb Martin, seven games. P.J. Tucker, six games he's missed. Uh, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero have missed three games. Kyle Lowry's missed two games. They're, I don't know how to explain it. When you watch this Miami Heat team, when you watch Heat basketball, if you, ask, if you had to ask me who their star was, obviously I'm going to say Jimmy Butler, right? I'm going to say Jimmy Butler's their star. I'm going to say Jimmy's their engine. Jimmy's the one who is their go-to guy. But on any given night, they low-key, no exaggeration, have like four... Maybe five guys who can like, oh, I got 25 tonight. Oh, I got 30 tonight. They play team basketball. They play basketball I like to watch. They run schemes. They run plays. Everybody touches the ball. The ball moves. There's not a lot of ISO on that team. They have players who can ISO from time to time. I've seen Jimmy get an ISO. I've seen Tyler Hero get an ISO. I've seen Kyle Lowry kind of sort of get an ISO. Not really. Um, And the Miami Heat are just a really, really good team. And uh, if the Miami Heat are healthy... For real, for real, they're title contenders. Or, or they're at least contenders that come out the East. I think the Miami Heat offensively might not stack up against a team like the Brooklyn Nets um, or even a team like the, the, the Milwaukee Bucks. But defensively, they have guys who can give those teams a hard time. I'm not going to say they have guys that can stop those teams because no one's stopping Kevin Durant. No one's stopping Giannis. No one's stopping, for real, Kyrie. But they have guys who can give them a hard time. They have guys who can play basketball. And that Miami Heat team, like, over the last, like, two, three years, they just they just keep building a culture. They just keep having a next man up mentality. And they keep surprising me. Uh, before I head out of here, let me just read Blueberry's uh, comment talking about the, the Sixers and Ben Simmons going back to that. Yeah, imagine a Lonzo Ball, Gordon Hayward, Miles Bridges, it just says some power forward and Simmons at center. The Hornets will be playoff bound. That's how good Ben Simmons is. But we're going to go ahead and get up out of here. This has probably been the longest show we've had in a while. I uh, appreciate all y'all for pulling up. Appreciate y'all for hanging out with me. We will see y'all next Wednesday at 8 o'clock. Um, if you're watching this and you haven't liked it yet, I don't I don't really know what you're doing. If you got this far in the video and ain't drop a like, come on. Drop a like for the kid. Uh, if you're not subscribed, we would appreciate to subscribe as well. We're trying to get to 2,000 subscribers soon. And um, I will see you guys next week. I'm out. Peace.